The Upland Nomads are brought to you by Kuga Vest, a vest that provides serious protection for your dog. Fit and Fetch Outdoors, a CBD dog chew that is made to improve performance and decrease any unwanted stress on your dog's body. We are also brought to you by Mossy Oak Sport Dog, a line of products meant to keep your canine clean and clean smelling. Welcome to the Upland Nomads Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode, well, the first episode of the Beard 30 Zoom Room. I say, joined by quite a few faces, but as always, Michael Colness. I say, uh, just one thing I want to talk about before we like get into our five Upland Gear must-haves, our, uh, just our Patreon page, we are doing a Sharptail Hunt giveaway opening weekend of North Dakota Sharptail and Hunt season. I think it's uh, September 9th, 10th, somewhere in there. But if you want to join, you just enter on Patreon. $5 gets you a chance of winning a hunt. Um, your chances are looking really good right now because there's one person. So you have 50% chance of winning if you join. Or, yeah. And the person that's join is already coming so you have a really good you have a hundred percent chance of winning right now so with that we'll get started with our first beer 30 zoom room i guess michael's out of the out of the picture now i guess i'll talk about my five-year mustaches i'll keep it quick so we can get through everybody that's here um number one well obviously my dogs i can't forget them but I don't know if they qualify as gear. Um, probably my Garmin, my Garmin uh, GPS collars. I can't. Uh, it I can't leave home without them, just because of uh, the aspect of being able to track my dog for miles and know where he's at. Especially like, especially in the cattails, where is if I'm when my dog is on point, I can't find him. Uh, two. Two would be my, f- well, I guess I, I have both vests. No, I got a final rise and a hunt ready. So, so uh, I guess I can't leave home with one of those. Obviously, my CZ over under. Uh, crispy, my crispy boots. Can't go without a good pair of crispy boots. And uh, shoot, fifth one. I should have came more prepared for this. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping i was hoping michael would go first i haven't had a chance to sit down and think about what i was gonna do. i was like yeah i won't be that hard five things that's not too bad oh yeah sorry about that aiden was i heard he was not very happy so i want to go comfort him for a little bit but i'm with four things but I, I, you gotta have beer i mean what else are you gonna do at the end of the day you gotta have a bush light or i guess coors now <laughs> Uh, actually, um, I'd say probably boss shot shells would be the fifth one. I can't, I don't think I can shoot anything else now. All right, Michael. I'm going to let every guest talk more than myself. So, all right, I'll talk real quick then, too. Let's see here. So, top five 
Can't leave home without. All right, number one is the true number one. I need a good pair of boots. So right now I got uh, a pair of Keen, like Targi, I think is how we pronounce it, mids, like the hiking boots. So uninsulated, everything. And uh, so I do use that almost all year round. And they're so comfy. And my feet, I don't know, I don't think they're weird, but they must be weird because it's very hard to find a comfortable comfortable pair of boots. So I found these Keens and they're super comfy and I like them. So I wear them as long okay. as I can. Hey, can you hear us? Yeah, what's up? Perfect. Perfect. Welcome. Can y'all, I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> All right, where oh. were you at, Michael? Oh, uh, where was I? Where was I? Boots. Boots. Keen. Those keen hiking boots. Can't leave home without them. Even when we were in South Dakota, walking through three feet of snow, I was wearing those boots. They didn't keep my feet very warm. And they got snow inside, but at least they're comfy. <laughs> uh, and then two through five. There's no particular order, so I'm just going to start rambling off random things, and it's going to sound very basic. Uh, so let's get number two. Number two, I can't leave home without uh, my shotgun. That new uh, 28 gauge I got. She's a beaut, Clark. Right? Keeps me on top. I can't hit, if you've got, you guys probably listen to enough, I can't hit anything, so I need to stay on target as much as I can. So the little recoil, it's perfect. That's why I said it was this easy. Uh, it's a mo- it's a Mossberg, Mossberg SA twenty eight. Yeah, I have I have a CZ. So. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, everyone seems to be going to the twenty eight lately. I grew up shooting a twenty eight. Was the first gun I ever started shooting, and it seems to be getting more and more popular. Yeah, last nice. I bought it just first time I ever shooting one was last summer after I bought it, and I'm like, huh. Should have got one of these earlier. These things are nice. Yeah. I saw Project Upland uh, wrote an article about it, so I know everyone will be shooting one now. So, yeah. <laughs> what rounds you guys shooting out at twenty eight? I shoot well, at twenty, so I'm shoot. I shot. I shot in the late in the January. I was shooting Boss number five, so I never switched. So, okay. I shot all my pheasants except for a handful when I. Uh, I fell in a snowbank, fell in a cat a cow hole, like a cattle hole, and tossed my my twenty gauge into a snowbank. So I grabbed a twelve gauge out. So I used it for a couple of days, but other than that, twenty gauge was all year, just fives and then seven and a half when I was out in for uh, sharpies and Huns and Montana and North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. When I'm shooting my awesome. twenty eight. For uh, Sharpies and Huns, I use that golden pheasant, the Fioki, seven and a half, and that seemed to do pretty yeah. well. And I tried Boss. And again, you know, people say you either hit them or you miss them, and it's my shot again. I hit three, and they started running, so I went back to the old trusty Winchester Super X in a five shot. So that's what I started shooting again, and maybe I just need more yeah. practice with it, probably. <laughs> yeah. I haven't tried the Boss yet. I hear good things, but, you know, like, I'm gonna be honest. The price point just like a little bit like where I'm like, ah, you know, kind of grab at it. Like you said, the old, the old X, you know, Super X, the old Remington oh, shot seems to do five. You know, shooting fives and fours at pheasants. You know, you, know, you can knock a sharp tail down. I feel like with a slingshot, I mean, they're not very tough. I feel like you throw a handful of gravel on them, probably knock them down. <laughs> You're not wrong there. <laughs> All right. So my third one then. Okay, so I got boots. I got a shotgun. White, I'm with you. I just kind of listed a bunch of things and said, no, pick four. Um, well, you're better than me. I didn't even list nothing. I just was oh. like, yeah, I see. I was can't, I can look around this room. I can probably find something. All righty. Let's see. Oh, 
Um, I would say my number three. Oh, now I'm taking too long. Well, if you're going on a weekend trip, you got to pack a good tent, one that all your buddies can fit in. That's where Wyatt comes into play because he's got the nice one that three, four of us can fit in if we want. Cuddle a little bit, keep warm when it's cold. Um, let's see, number four. I can't leave home now. Now I, this year was the first year I had I had a hunt ready vest, and I got their their lighter version, and it replaced an old Browning vest that I got as a hand me down from my dad. And now I can't leave home without it. It's so much more comfortable to wear almost like a backpack style with the support across your chest and your waist. And it's kind of, it has so many like different features you can have in it. So two water bottles I have in it all time. Usually I say one is for me, one's for my dog. They both end up because I forget which one's which just going to my dog. Um, a change of socks. No, well, that's a smart one. You got to have a change of socks. If your feet start sweating midday, you got to switch those socks out for something dry. Or else your feet are just going to be in literal hell. There's my top five. I gotta, I gotta add one here because uh, if anybody's taking a trip and you don't have electricity, a solar generator, charge your phone, charge uh, collars. It's kind of nice. I don't have one personally, but I know a guy. I'm actually trying to uh, like figure out a way on my dog trailer to be able to put a solar panel with like a battery or inverter or something like that, be able to have yeah. power and just charge the, charge the collars and. Yeah, say so my brother's got like a little solar, little solar. Gen- I think it's like 160 watt. It was cheap jackery, uh, but honestly, like it charged uh, all my callers and our phones. Like when we were in Montana for a few days, so I think it's. I think if you got like a step up, especially if you got like the, I imagine the solar panels that you could buy to put it right on top of your. You can just. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy bought one. He has a you know, just a, a three-hole dog box, <clears throat> and then he wanted to put lights on it. So he went to Harbor Freight, you know, got a couple yeah. little lights, and then wired up just I mean, a solar panel, maybe about maybe 12 inches by 5 inches, 6 inches, something like that. And, I mean, it works out perfect for him. So I'm like, man, if I go a little bit bigger, you know, like I have a – like my my dog wagon has a fan already built into it with a, with a battery, but I don't like using that battery to do other stuff because I need it for the fan, you know, especially early season. Right. You know, hard to find shade out on the prairie to park a you know a dog trailer underneath. So yeah, so yeah. we just I just bought like the cheap uh fans from uh Amazon. Like yeah. I, I grab I grab decoy uh like some rubber decoy, like duck decoy rigging stuff and was able to strap it. Nice. So that worked out thirty bucks each one, I think. So it was whatever. Yeah, it works out. I think yeah, that's we also charge that on there too. But I just saw guys, I think it was today, like at the Quail Hawk on Instagram. Oh yeah, Tyler. Had, yeah, Tyler's he had a big, got a uh, badass setup. Yeah, it's a pretty badass setup with the, like the charging collars and all that. Big, like it's just one little box for charging collars, whatever else needs to charge. Yeah, he got that that box custom built, and he had a pretty good setup even before that. And... Man, that box is yeah, gorgeous. I mean, if you get to devote the whole bed of your truck to it, you know, it's perfect. Setup. He has that right. that goes over the top too. I mean, it's got a pretty badass setup. For what yeah, he does. he's got quite a few dogs. He's got a lot more dogs than a lot of people. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I got including the puppy. Like, I got nine right now. Oh, um, oh, geez. So yeah, and like I'm on the road. It's like I'm not back at my house. Like, I'm putting the kennel together there, but I'm on the road right now, so it's kind of. <laughs> it's fine. I got my fiance helping me, but it's you know it's kind of our way of life. We don't have kids or anything like that, so it's kind of like you know our routine. 
you know, getting up, get taking care of the dogs. But six of them are, you know, they're almost finished bird dogs, so they're pretty easy to handle, you know, in this time. Of say, kind of... Are you training other people's bird dogs then too? Uh, not right now. Right now, well, I got my buddy's cocker spaniel with me. Um, I'm just bringing him up for the for the fall to get him on some wild birds and get him off the penrez birds for a little bit. Um, he, he works on a preserve, so you know the cocker starts to get a little bit where he's pointing instead of flushing. So you, know, you get him on wild pheasants. He kind of <laughs> doesn't get the opportunity to do that as much. That's full. And you guys got quite a few pheasants in Montana. At least one over there. Yeah, man. I think it's going to be another good year. I mean, shoot, there's roosters everywhere right now, and. I mean the snow's. I mean the snow's blowing right now. It's not even really sticking, but there'll be a lot more moisture. So as long as the you know get, don't get any crazy hail events, you know through the uh, yeah. nesting season, we should be okay. But I mean, it, it's pretty hard. Like in certain spots, like I live up on the Milk River, and they're pretty hard to knock the numbers down up there. They have places to hide in the wintertime along the river. You know they get down in there and congregate good numbers, and you know they've got plenty of water, plenty of feed. So the numbers stay pretty consistent. You know up in. Uh, Actually, no. The numbers are terrible. Go to Kansas, <laughs> <laughs> and they tell you the numbers are. You've always bad. got me drinking and talking now. Yeah, I mean the numbers are terrible. <laughs> diseases. <laughs> I said numbers are bad in Kansas too. You go to Northwest Iowa. Yeah, but no, I mean, I mean, shoot, everyone knows. Though. I mean, Montana's got good pheasant numbers. Got good bird numbers across the across the state. Well, it's, it's like you good. got the most huntable. Like, like what? You have the most species of hunters at Colorado. It's got the most species of upland birds to hunt. <clears throat> I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, there's like some sleeper states. Like, I grew up in California. A lot of people don't think of California as a bird hunting state, but I mean, you don't want to see crazy quill numbers. You go up the, the west coast of the United States, Oregon, California, even Washington, Idaho, there's really good quill numbers and uh, opportunities to hunt multiple species all the way up the west coast. Um, nice. Yeah. Oh, Michael, you might as well take us off to introduce oh. yourself. And... Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Michael Mortara. Um, I'm a professional hunting guide. By that, I mean I just use it as a way of life <laughs> to pay the bills. Um, do a little bit of dog training. I wouldn't say really breeding or anything like that uh, every once in a while. Um, just finished up my guide season down in uh, south South uh, Georgia, working at a quail plantation down there. Um, worked at a couple of Orvis uh, endorsed lodges, done some big game guiding, kind of grew up in California. Uh, my, fa- my father and my uncle owned a waterfowl guide in business, so kind of been in it my whole life. My Grandfather came here from Italy, and uh, he hunted in Italy, and so he came to the United States and said, this is pretty good for me, and stayed here. So um, kind of been in my blood since day one. But you guys kind of named all the stuff that's like the top five for me as far as like the vest and stuff. A few things I wrote down that are just like kind of like off. People don't usually think about. Like um, I always try to keep my Leatherman with me, uh, especially out here in the prairie. You get dogs oh. into porcup- porcupines. You get cactus. You get stuff caught in the paws. Good pair of Leathermans just to pull stuff out. Um you know, uh, I also try to carry with me at all times a canine first aid kit. Um, Gun Dog Outdoors is the one that I use. I mean, there's there's plenty on the market. You know, I don't like to pump, you know, one item too much. But, you know, I like Gun Dog Outdoors. The guy who owns it, Alex Langbell, he was a – We both have them, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're great. I mean, you know, Alex used to be a, a fire, you know, fire chief. So, I mean, he knows everything that needs to go in there. So, I try to keep that on me at all times. It's really saved me. I had a dog Actually, running I... the I keep that blood loss kit on the back of my vest. Just yeah, it's all it's just velcroed on, so I was like, just slipped it right in the Molly webbing. And... Same thing I do. I have like a, a an Orvis vest. I can't remember the name of it, but you know, it's got like a waist belt, and it just slides right through there. I keep right there mm-hmm. on the waist belt with me. Um, you know, just stop bleeding. You know, any kind. Of, you know, you never know. I've had some weird stuff happen out there. You know, God forbid a dog get a shot or something like that. 
Um, along with my Leatherman, I try to keep, like, especially when I'm guiding, you know, you get stuff, uh, guns breaking. I keep a little, like, um, screwdriver kit, but it's, like, specifically for, like, smaller stuff. I can't remember the name of it right now. I've been drinking before you guys got me on. So, <laughs> um, but, like, a small screwdriver kit, just, you know, you always seem to have stuff happen with your gun out in the field, you know. Uh, right. You know, even when I'm not guiding, I'm hunting on my own. You know, you have a gun jam, you have a gun break, got a shell caught in there. I had my my fiance's cousin hunting with me last year. He's a first time hunter, and I he was shooting a 12 gauge. I had a 16 gauge. He threw a 16 gauge shell in the 12 gauge. Luckily, he caught it, but you know, I had to get it out. So, didn't have a gun kit with me. I had to you know break off a piece of a brush and shove it out of there. But if I would have had a gun kit or a Leatherman or something like that with me, it would have been a lot easier to get that shell out of there. Um, Water for dogs, if you guys were talking about it, I always try to keep two Gatorade squirt bottles on me, which seemed to make it easier. I just, my dogs from a young age, I squirt that water in their mouth. And once they kind of figure it out, um, it makes it easy. You're not really, especially when I'm chucker hunting out west, like in Nevada, you're up high, there's not a lot of water. You're not really you know, giving them water to really increase their thirst, really keep that nose wet, keep the scent conditions a little bit easier for them, um, especially out in the desert. You know, it's really dry. So you try to keep that nose wet, keep that mouth wet. Um, and that squirt bottle just comes in handy, you know, you kind of manage how much water they're getting. Um, one thing I have ran to with that squirt bottle, and people talk about it, I haven't actually asked a vet, but, you know, like, say, like, seed on, sometimes you spray that water, and, like, they'll have a seed on caught right here, and it'll push that seed on up underneath that flap of the gum, and it'll travel sometimes up there. I had a dog in Georgia this year that was a, you know, dog at the kennel where I work, and he had that happen, so something to keep an eye on. That's the one time I had it happen was this last year. I don't know if it was even fun, the squirt bottle, but um, it hasn't deterred me from using them, but I like to keep two Gatorade squirt bottles on me just, just for the dogs. Is that um, like a, is that like a fox tail you're talking about or something like that? You know, down there they have, um, what the hell is it called? Speargrass. Um, so it's, it's like a foxtail, same, same stuff, you know, the same family. Um, out here to, you know, get the little, uh, God, what the hell are they called? A little seed. They don't, excuse me. I don't mean to be crude. They're like a little like semen, little sperm. They have like a little seed and a little tail on them. <laughs> um, you'll get those and they'll, you know, they'll catch up in there. Um, that's why it's always important to always do tailgate checks. Everyone, everyone kind of talks about that. But, um, and one thing I like, I put as far as too is like a vest is I like a vest that has a lot of pockets, especially if I'm out there chucker hunting or out like sharp tail hunting right now. I'm going to be going away from the truck for a long period of time. I like to have a lot of space to have everything on me so I don't have to go back to the truck if I don't have to. I carry a collapsible water bowl with me, another gun dog outdoors. I just use their little rubber one. There's plenty just to pop that open. If I need to put water in it, put food in it, um, just for whatever. Um, but yeah, I like a lot of pockets on my vest. Like I said, right now I'm using the Orvis vest. Um, you know, working at the lodge, they, you know, full disclosure, they sponsor you, so they send you free shit. So I'm using theirs, but I really like to get you know, under the uh, final rise vest. I feel like those fit a little bit better. I like the straps a little bit better on the final rise. But um, so yeah, I just picked are... up the the sidekick. The sidekick's uh-huh. a nice little vest. I bought it for training, and then it gets so dang hot out in Montana and even North Dakota for that matter in September. So I guess sometimes, but yeah, but usually like, uh, like right, it's a little bit warmer. I was like, there's no like straps, and it just has a strap on the shoulder, and there's nothing like in the back, and it's just one pocket in the back. So I was like, oh, that'll be nice for yeah. 90 degree days. So it's like the one I have now, like it straps across the chest, across the waist, and so you pull it down tight, and it's great until you know your your man tits are sweating, and you're just walking out there on the prairie, you know, you feel like you're drenched with sweat, you know, it's like Jesus Christ, like I'm wearing a training bra out here, you know, so it's like. <laughs> You know, I'm old school, man. Like, you know, I, I, my, I'm pretty, my friends make fun of me. Like, I like an old school vest, <laughs> you know, just like throw it over the shoulder, you know, like one big pocket, like you said, like, you know, throw it, right. it in there. But, that's, I um, think that's what probably most of us grew up with, was just the old school, just 
Yeah, right. Game I do, like I said, I do like the pockets, you know, like, but it just gets to be too much. You know, I feel like I'm elk hunting. I got like all this shit just weighing me down. And, but yeah, those are my, probably my top five things. Like I said, the, the Leatherman's probably one for me that like I never try to leave the truck out with without now. Like last year, I had some young dogs out here on the prairie I was breaking and yeah, they never encountered a porcupine before. So it took, you know, a short hair's arctic about four or five times where they kind of figured out that that was a no no. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, you know, it keeps you moving. It keeps the hunt going. You know, you get a dog you know, out here, especially you guys know you get a, you see a dog limping, they got a little cactus in the paw, work them over, pop it out. We're off and moving, you know. Yeah. I say that's a good one. I, it's like, I try to keep my leatherman with me. Also, uh, my uh, hunt ready vest has got like a huge big back pocket. So I just keep a pair of cable cutters for snares. Smart. Uh, just, yeah, 100%. Just in, just in case, like, I think Michael has one too, but just in case anything like that were to happen, just I was like, just go to Harbor Freight. I think it's like eight bucks for a set of nice cable cutters. No, 100%, man. I mean, yeah, even like, you know, snare, barbed wire fence, just, you know, old barbed wire. You know, it is out here too, you know, yeah. North Dakota on the ferry, there's just barbed wire just gets left out, you know, on the grass, you know, anything like that that can yeah. make it easier. You know, dog gets tangled up in something like that. But yeah, yeah, just easier to cut it. And then, I mean, I know that you can. I don't want to take a snare off isn't like super hard, but just to get a dog calmed down enough to take it off, yeah, I mean, it's just easy to cut it. And you know, you don't have it, and the one time you don't have it, you wish you did. And that's kind of how the lesson that right. I have taught myself. You know, I try to go through, you know, especially like being out here on the prairie hunting on your own. You know, you're far away from from anybody or help. You may not have cell phone service. And one thing I just always remind myself is like, am I going to bring it? Am I not? And I try to, you know. Dude, if I don't have it and I do need it, why, you know, why start bringing it every time after that? Yes. Okay. Throw it in the back and let's just go. Um, yeah. You just never know, man. You never know. And like, you hate to be at one situation where it's like, man, I wish I had that. I should have had that from now on. I will have that. And then it cost me because I didn't have it, you know? Right. Yeah. I just heard, well, I don't know where it was a story, but it was in Montana. They had like this new type of coyote snare and some guy has run on two dogs and he had two pointers on different points. And the, but it, well, they weren't on point, and the one dog was in this new coyote snare, and they were able to get it off. And they went to the next one, and it still was still on point. They thought, but the dog had got into another snare and died. So yeah. that was my big yeah. reason for getting just the adding the cable cutters. Yeah, inexpensive. That was my reason inexpensive. For the first like that stop bleed kit you're talking about that was my reason for getting it. You know, just like God never had. You know, thank God never really needed it, but. You know, just in case, you know, you never know, mm-hmm. you know, God forbid. Well, thanks for sharing, Michael. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. No All right, I'll just go left. I'll just go left right here on my, my screen. Alex, you want to introduce yourself? And So you kind of cut out on me there. Is it me? Yep, yep. Sorry. Okay. Oh, all good. Um, yeah, my name, I'm Alex Spitzberg. I live in uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota as well. Um. Is that where you're from, too, Michael? Uh, no, I'm actually out in Bismarck. Okay. Your dad's, your dad's a superintendent in East Grand. Oh, yeah. Well, my dad's a superintendent in East Grand. No, oh, so. there you go. Well, was. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, so Grand Forks, I'm an electrical engineer for the power cooperative here. That kind of serves rural North Dakota or the northeast part of the state anyways for NODAC. Um, been there for about eight years now, so it's been pretty good. I have no complaints about it. I get cover like Walsh and Pemina County, so I get on the road a lot and do a little scouting, if you will, while I'm working. So that's nice. 
It is nice. Uh, I got two dogs. I got an eight-year-old Munsterlander, a uh, small Munsterlander. Uh, his name is Pete. And then I actually just picked up another small Munsterlander, uh, Piper. We named her. She's 10 weeks old right now. I just got her a week and a half nice. ago. Nice. Yeah, I actually, I, I, don't know. I, saw, I, you, I you hit my friend. head after I mentioned my dogs. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you got nine yeah, of them. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What a dumbass!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Pete was my first ever like bird. I grew up like rough grouse hunting. We got some land up by uh, just right up by Lake of the Woods, so oh, I grew nice. up rough grouse hunting. But the old old school drive around in a truck all day to see them on the side of the road, pretty much. You never use dogs, so. Um, I always wanted one growing up, just never made it happen until I graduated, I guess. So, um, got him and I mean, for my first dog, I couldn't imagine a better one. Honestly, he's been great. Um, yeah, he's definitely not the like, greatest, like, well, or like oh, hunting dog. He's a phenomenal hunter in my mind, but like, obviously there's definitely areas you can improve on any dog for the most part. Um, so, but yeah, he got, he actually got an accident last year. And I thought he was done hunting, but we were able to rehab him all summer last year and um, it's good to go. We had, had a couple of tough hunts, so that's kind of what pushed me to get another one. I was planning to get one when he was like 10, but uh, just pushed me to get one a little earlier just so she can hunt behind him a little bit and go from there, I guess. Um, as far as my five things, obviously a lot of them are covered. Um, that's why right. you, guys can say, you guys can What's say what, you guys can say whatever you want your gear yeah. your... yep um i thought i had the the wire cutter there and then you came back oh. at, so, sorry one. i got <laughs> um the, elect, the electrician the, probably um, should have the <laughs> electrical uh, should have a cable cutter but. yeah that's huge i started say, cable cutter and leatherman i started running um pretty much right when he was a puppy just kind of as precaution you never know it i used the cable cutter one time my buddy's dog got his snare or a snare got his bottom jaw so he wouldn't calm down so i just nipped it off quick and that was nice to have um you said the gps collar i have one as well big fan of it um but i actually got one of the garmin watches to go that yeah. links up with it and that has been unreal like not having to look at the handheld anymore like you can just look right at your watch and see where your dogs are that's been which awesome. which watch do you have um i i had the instinct to start with and then i actually just got the phoenix seven for christmas or for my nice. birthday or whatever it was and that thing's been it's unreal the battery life on it's worth the money in itself it's like that's, i can go two it. three weeks without charging it it's awesome oh that's awesome that's awesome you yeah, guys all running, have... you guys all running garments yeah I, yeah well, yeah no i got a sport dog on mine <clears throat> mine has a sport dog as well yeah yeah i got the, i just got the alpha 200i this year i was the i just because I, I wanted an inreach for a while kind of kill two birds with one stone there so um, and then I have the Tritronics too, the 550, I think it is. I had that before the, the Alpha. That would think so. I like both of them. You can run that thing without looking at it all day. It's kind of nice. Pro 550 uh, plus now. Yeah, yeah perfect. There, yeah, that's what I told my cousin. Plus as well. Yeah, all right. yeah, see, I used to be, I used to run the uh, the other big brand. What the hell is it now? 
Was it Dartra? Dartra, thank you. Thank you, Dartra. I was running at Dartra for a long time, and then I just got – I had a trash breaker first for the Garmin and then switched over to the, the tracking collar just this season, the 550+. plus. I like it. I use the app, too. Two of my buddies have the watch. I already have the Apple Watch. I just didn't want to spend for another watch. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah they, they swear by it. I say my yeah, dumbass. Been... My dumbass went and had a Garmin Instinct. I was like, yeah. We, my wife and I upgraded new phones, and it was buy a phone or buy an Apple. She wanted a new Apple Watch, and it was buy an Apple Watch, get an Apple Watch free. And she's like, well, do you want an Apple Watch too? And I was like, I guess. So when I sold my it's Instinct, free. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. free. Kind of. Kind of. You still yeah. got to pay for the other one. But. Yeah. Uh, so I sold my GPS watch, and I really wish I went up now, but well, I'll let you, you go, go with a uh, with a Munsterlander for your first bird dog. What's that? What made you go with the Munsterlander for your first bird dog? Um, I don't know. I've always been somebody that likes to try things that aren't the norm, I guess, to some extent. Um, I did. I wanted one that was probably the biggest thing, probably temperament, and that is definitely true. Like they are chill as fuck. Um. And I've been very happy with that. Like he's there. I saw a quote the other day about him. Like you would never know they're a hunting dog when they're in the house. And you'd never know they're a hunting dog when they're in the field or a house dog when they're in the field. Mm. And that could not be more accurate. Like he's, you walk in the house, you get on the couch, he just gets on the couch and chills. But if you grab your, uh, most dogs, obviously probably like that. If you grab your boots, you're gone. They're going ape shit, but he's been like phenomenal. I couldn't even imagine. Nice. For, especially for my first dog, like holy shit, he's been awesome. the only reason I asked. I've I've only seen maybe one or two in person, but um, like a gentleman who I got it with down in Georgia has one, a young one, and well, they're nice dogs. I just very pretty. I just haven't seen enough, you know, enough of them to really know like what they hunt like. But he's using his a lot for tracking, like yeah, yeah, no, I, and stuff like that. <laughs> yep, yeah. There, I think when I got mine, uh, the vet, uh, he said it, I was the only one that in his vet clinic anyway in town that has one um and then i just brought my puppy in there and i think he said i'm still the only one but i have i got buddies that have them too now that they yeah. find enough so there's i think like four buddies got one now too so they've been good um yeah i got definitely no complaints um another one uh probably boots i've had my same pair of kenetrix now for i think eight or nine years like Oh, they are i have another pair just sitting in the box i'm waiting for the other ones to die but they won't <laughs> like i i definitely take care of my i like i oil them at least probably for sure once a year if not twice but and they're cracked up i don't know how my feet aren't getting wet but i freaking swear by those things so um, you can't complain when your boots yeah, are lasting definitely. that long right yeah, yeah. i mean I say. they're fine i'm lucky to get two seasons by them but <laughs> you got, what do you run dude i'm I'm cheap and I'm trashy. Yeah, I'm like Cabela's, like leather. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> just get a new one every year. Hey, like, just keep going. Just keep yeah. yeah. Like, I, and yeah. I'm like, I've tried like... to be good about oiling them and stuff, dude. I'm, they probably would last me longer. Like, last year, I didn't oil them and then took them out first thing, like early season in Montana, the sage rush, like in the sand and dirt. I was like, man, why'd they tear? You know, <laughs> you know just like, yeah. But the Kenetrex, yeah. man, like, that's the thing. Like, I keep, having this back and forth about spending the money on a, on like a really good pair of boots, you know, like hearing you say eight or nine years, we could be like, Oh shit, maybe I will. Because that's, you know, if you're spending, you know, the four or $500 on the pair of boots where they last you eight or nine years, as opposed to getting a, yeah, pair, on a pair of boots every two years, you know? 
Yeah, like I've never done it, but I got buddies that have sent theirs in. Just they resalt. They'll put re- or new soles on you. It's like the uppers are still good. They'll resalt yeah. like a hundred bucks or something like. You that. see, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's kind of nice too. You have a boot that's, that's broken, and you can just get a new sole put on for nothing. In yeah. comparison to the boot, you know. Yeah, um, see, I used to. Yeah, go <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so, uh, so boot there. Another one you mentioned, cots. I'm a big fan of being comfortable. And I got this thing called a tent cot a couple of years ago. And it's literally a cot that folds out into a tent. And it is so freaking comfortable. Uh, I think it's made by like Camp Right. It packs up. I don't know where the hell it is right now. But it's like probably about the same width as like a single man um, ice house, but not as long and definitely not as deep. It's only probably six inches deep, I suppose. Uh, so it is a little bit big in the truck, but if there's two of us going, they're definitely room to figure it out. Um, so that was that was just kind of a random one I thought of uh, after you said the ten. Um, then my other one is I don't do it a lot, but I do like to keep a bell with too, uh, especially if I'm grouse hunting. Uh, obviously, the the call the GPS collar isn't like instantaneous by any means, so it's kind of nice to know if you're in pines or some thick trees for grouse it's nice to know where they're at for sure at all times um especially if you're running more than one dog it, it kind of gets confusing a little bit but i think that's about all i got well that wasn't covered anyways that's I can run. what's that i got a question again about uh the small monster lander because i know yeah. there's there's a small monster lander and the large right yeah what's the like the main difference so you know, like, uh, I, don't, I have no idea larges are definitely big yeah the larges are definitely bigger they're uh they probably stand like two inches taller if not three they're probably an extra 20 pounds i would guess um i i was right when i got uh pete i was like i would have probably considered a large right away but like he was just young and didn't have like much power i guess you'd say like so like his first year in the cattails and obviously a lot of dogs struggle in cattails but after he grew up, like his year three and four, he had like no issues in cattails anymore. And um, I don't know if I would get a large. Or I obviously wouldn't. I just got another small like a week ago. So, uh, so what is like? Then, what is like a that? small? Like what is the weight range in like a small? Uh, I would say my male is probably on the higher or Pete's probably on the higher side. He's about during season he'll probably get down to like forty eight. So he's six, he hovers right around 50 all winter. And then this, my girl, I just got a girl, this one. Um, she's gonna probably going to be a little smaller frame just based on her shoulders and, and everything like that. I'm guessing she'll be low, low 40s. So, like, um, and then there's another or... big. What's that? Go, go ahead. I'll, I'll follow uh, the question. After. The other difference is the smalls are brown and the black, or the larges are black. Okay. I'll say, black uh... Black and white and brown and white. So, like, are fur-wise, are they, like, uh, comparable to, like, a setter? Yeah, I would say. Um, I The one I just – so, I have to give him haircut. I probably give him a haircut, like, maybe twice a year. He just gets crazy long. Or, no, no, I wouldn't say crazy long, but, like, long enough for me to justify it. And then uh, the breeder, I just picked this second one up from all of his – he had, like, four older ones. And they all had pretty short coats, and so I think it's just kind of 
whatever litter you get them from, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he never, never really gives them a haircut or anything. I don't. They were at a point where I would really not cut them, I guess. So, and they they definitely shed. But my cousin actually just got one, and they had a lab before. And I said it's nothing. You're gonna be nothing compared to that as far as shedding. Um, if they're like wet, or if you have a wet hand and go through their fur, you're not gonna come out with that big ball of hair like a lab typically. So, no, I'm. She's a big, big fan. I guess I, yeah, my parents freaking love the dog. They, if I remember working on the weekend or something, they'll just come get him just because they like him. <laughs> nice. You got to deal with like, uh, great cockabers a lot? Uh, not really, honestly. Like his tail, his tail probably runs like, if I trim it up short, it might be four inches long of fur, but I keep his body pretty short during hunting so not much grabs on them like he they all have like flare or i can't remember what the technical term is on like the backs of their their legs so you might get a couple in that but the chaps or whatever yeah yeah it probably takes five minutes to get them out with one of those wire combs that's what the cockers same thing like in the chaps always find shit caught up in there like in the armpit you know yeah yeah my buddy he got he runs a springer and he always right underneath their armpit it's just for whatever reason, right where they they would go. Um, How yeah, do they range been, as far as when they're hunting? They're like pretty close ranging, or they get out there a little bit, or? Um, I would say he's probably like about medium. Like, um, he'll probably stay forty yards in front of him, maybe 30, 40. I mean, he's he lists super well when his collars on. It's like, I probably shock him. I probably shocked him three times all season last year. Like, he just kind of creeps along. Um, yeah. But he's definitely not as range as my other buddies' dogs, I guess. But that would be good, definitely. Well, thank definitely you, Alex. Glad to get another one. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I say, how is uh, having a puppy? Are they, uh, are they pretty calm, too, uh, then? Or are they... What's that? How is a puppy like a a puppy monster lander compared to the, like your last puppy? Are they calm too, or? Uh, she's been good. Like kennel wise, she's been unreal. Um, I got her in like central Michigan, um, and so we had to drive back from there, and that was oh, whatever fifteen hour drive. Um, and she like didn't even want to be held. My girlfriend was holding her most of, or every once in a while. And she would just kind of get squirmy, just want to get put back in the kennel. Um. So that's been unreal. My uh, Pete, he was, he fucking hates the kennel. Like, <laughs> he'll go in there, but like, he just sits there and licks the gate the whole time. He just wants to get out. But <laughs> I, I say that's my that's my oldest yeah. too. He freaking hates. Yeah, he, he hates bark the kennel. He, and... Yeah, he doesn't bark a ton when he's in there. He usually just like like I said, licks it and whatever. my buddy he gets dehydrated. My buddy works at a place, and they have a short hair in the kennel. And I didn't see this. He told me this, but he said that short hair will stick its tongue out, undo the latch, go through, go to one specific pointer, undo his latch, and they'll fight all night long in the kennel until they come in the next morning. Jesus. <laughs> to, the point where, to the point where they had to put a padlock on the on the kennel lock. You know, the dog will go out, let himself God. out. Like, they watch it on the security camera. The next morning, they'll come in. He, like, like pops it, goes around, pops his, like, all right, come on. <laughs> you know, do like three nights yeah, in a row and they put like a padlock on there. Like, fuck it. <laughs> Fine. All right. 
Well, thank you, Alex. Uh, yeah. Um, next guy, uh, Eric. All right. Hey, guys. I'm Eric Stabler. I'm from uh, Hillsboro, North Dakota. I'm actually Michael Colness's brother-in-law. And uh, so I've been around him and Wyatt quite a bit. I'm kind of just sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah, I know. It's a little <laughs> yeah. unfortunate, but right. he doesn't come hunting with us anyway. He's too he's too good for us. No, that's I'm the my main focus is waterfall. And you see those memes that say like doesn't matter what I'm hunting, if I see a coyote, it turns into a coyote hunt. It's kind of that way with uh pheasants. <laughs> if I'm out scouting or waterfall hunting and I see a rooster or a sharpie, it turns into a rooster or a sharpie hunt. So nice. But I don't, as far as stuff that I have, I guess I just have my uh, Super Black Eagle 2 gun, nice and light, gets the job done. And uh, because of the waterfall hunting, I usually use two shots, probably a lot bigger than most people. But it, you can reach out there and touch them with that, that stuff. So I like that. And uh, I actually just got a case of Heavy Hammer 5 shot. So I'm looking forward to see seeing how that works on some sharpies and roosters this year i love the marketing i love the marketing on shotgun shells the, the heavy hammer <laughs> yeah yeah is that bismuth or it has like 15 percent bismuth in it yeah okay so but hopefully big, maybe use it on some, ducks too okay those late season honkers you guys smacking them close range with those fives yeah maybe yeah hopefully <laughs> then uh i guess i like danter's boots i've had a couple pairs of those and they seem to be all right, not too insulated or anything, and keeps you keeps you dry up to a couple inches above my ankle. So that's that's always nice. And pants, I feel like having a good pair of pants, comfy pants that isn't gonna get cockaburs and everything like that on you is important too. If you're walking miles, you don't want to be chafing and all that stuff. So having a good pair of that, I think I looked it up. It's like King's Field Pants as uh, the brand that I have. So King's Camel. Yeah, 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 something like that. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, the fifth thing would probably just be your. I have a old, true uh, Cabela's vest. My dad's had it forever, and I just use that. It's mesh, and the thing I like about it is it has the front loading, so you can just take your bird and shove it right in here, and it's in your vest. You don't have to have your a guy you're hunting with come over and put it in behind you or whatever so hey no hey no you can if you can reach around you can still get those back there then <laughs> <laughs> the wing catches and your yeah falls out and but i don't know why dude. you got that big wide chest dude. You might have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do have a big white chest but hey i don't have Brock Lesner, dude. You gotta... <laughs> hey. all the birds get brought to wife by uh rigs over there but he was just to call out to me like michael i need you to put this bird in here well, I'm trying to make my way over there. Anyway. See, that's what does I mean. Does, does he snap? Yeah, he's like, "Hey, come!" And I'm like, "I'm coming." Like, in, in here, in here. I got, I got to tell my dog to quit grabbing birds. It's like the one hunt we've talked, talked to. I think I talked about it on the podcast. I was hunting with our buddy Sal's family on opening weekend, and there's ten of us on pheasant opener, like spread out, like driven kind of hunt, and he. And I was on the far side. We had just shot like our second one over rigs. And somebody else shot one all the way down, like the 10th guy. And sure as shit, he fucking takes off. And he goes out and grabs it. Brings it all the way back to me. I was like, dude, I do not want to carry other people's birds. 
Like another like now this past season of the year before, we was hunting with uh, like three other buddies on so like out in North Dakota, and we where we walked it, we walked it like me, me and another guy walked the fence line down to this bigger portion, and we all just kind of pushed it, and uh, we had shot bull shot a rooster and we both shot two sharpies well i had all those birds in my vest and then we walked the other rest and i picked had i think i ended up having seven pheasants and two sharpies in my vest i had nine damn birds in my vest i was like 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 my back my back was like holy crap like we've got to get to the truck before we go to the next spot like i my back is killing me that's not my home with my dad. Oh, man, now. He's like, oh, boy. He's like, I carried your boys when you were a little boy. You carried my birds now. I'm like, two-man limited roosters and some sharp tails in your vest. You're crawling back there five miles. Please. Right. Does your final rise vest, does yours have the lumbar support in it? My final rise? Yeah. Shit, I don't think. That's right here. Actually, Joe. Joe, you want Yes, it does. Yeah. The sidekick has the like, Do they all have it? Like every model, yeah. do they all have it? Yeah, it's on all of his stuff. Yeah, I got the Orvis pack right now, and I don't mind. I got the, I think it's the Orvis Pro pack or something. Like, it is nice. I don't mind it, but it would be nice it's to have, have that that pad on the back. Big yeah. time. I say the hundred is the hundred is the same way. It's got the lumbar support. That's like usually you feel like everything's on your your waist instead of you're carrying everything up here. So, Alex, do you feel like with that Orvis vest that sometimes like you're it's pulling on your upper shoulders, right? It's kind of pulling you like, back, a little bit. back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was. Me too. So, so I I'll go back to the month side. The one bad thing is he won't bring a fucking bird to anybody but me. And so we did like I had the same thing. We was feathered under like nine people, and we did like a half mile push, and we got back at seventeen roosters in my back. <laughs> Jeez. Like, I got, okay, I'm not the only one then. So, Jesus Christ, my elk hunting. Yeah, he will, he will literally run by everybody on the line, even if people try to grab it, and he'll bring it right. It's, I mean, it's nice, but it also sucks when you get in situations like that. Have you ever seen that clip from uh, was it how high he's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much exactly it. The, the handshake. That's when, you need a, that's when you need a guy like Eric with though. When I used to hunt with him in college, because, yeah, he's my brother-in-law. We also hunted together in college, right? We'd be Dude, out duck hunting, waterfowl friend, hunting. That's the kind of friend you don't need right there. He was your friend, then he got in on your sister, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy, Eric Style, dude. <laughs> he's like, I shoot twos, and I'm, I'm screwing this guy's sister. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Eric's Katie there right now next to you? What? Is Katie there right now next to you? No, she's not. Oh, that have been funny. No, but he, we'd go duck hunting and we'd get out of whatever freaking vehicle we were driving. And he'd be, he'd be like, hey, you want me to carry something? He's like, no, I got it. He's got like freaking two bags of duck decoys, floaters, and he just freaking popping it through three feet of water in his waders. And we're like, you got to slow down, man. <laughs> <laughs> me anytime. Or if you're going to carry the decoys and go faster, you can hold me anytime, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pack mule, yeah. <laughs> you were talking about the pants. Have you tried the, um, I just this season I got the banded like waiter pants. Dude, they're the most comfortable pair of like hunting pants I've ever had. Really? Like, super nice, like yeah, like pretty resistant to burrs. I have the I rocked in the early season, I rocked the Orvis um whatever early season they call like the Badlands pants or something like that. And they're all mm-hmm. right, but they're not really like 
they do good against like thorns and briars, but they're not really like tear resistant. And the pro pants are, but dude, they're not very comfortable. It's like they're made of like that tent feeling material yeah. almost. But the banded mm-hmm. uh, un- under uh, underweighter pants, whatever the hell they call them, dude, they're <laughs> super nice and they're waterproof. I wore them this year. We were hunting cans on Lake Seminole uh, in like the Georgia Florida line, and we were in a layout boat, you know, so it's decently wet in there. They kept me dry, like I was wearing a pair of bibs. Nice. I was like, I was like pretty, like when from now on when I lay out hunting, do field hunts for waterfowl, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rock those bad boys because they're comfortable <laughs> and, and waterproof. Yeah, I have to look into that. It's, it's good. I got them for pretty cheap too, you know, like like 40, 50 bucks compared to like you know two hundred bucks or some of these pairs of pants. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm cheap guy, man. If I can find for cheap, dude, right. I'm, I'm rocking it. Yeah, Eric, this is sick. Huh? It's not Sitka, so yeah, you you ain't buying a pair of Sitka pants for forty, fifty bucks. Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah. I was, <laughs> this year at Christmas time, I was like, maybe I'll buy myself, you know, a Sitka jacket. Maybe you know, I was like, oh, a hoodie. I was like, you know, fifty bucks for this hoodie. It's like two hundred dollars for a hooded sweatshirt. Yeah, I was like, man, Funny, that's, yeah, like, that's I, terrible. Uninsulated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, actually, the first, the first, the first light pants, the first light upland pants are actually pretty nice. Yeah. That is the Found, the first light foundry pants. A couple yeah. guys I used to elk guide with are freaking. Those pants are awesome, dude. With the pads yeah. in them and the knees. I rock QU for my big game stuff, but dude, those foundry pants, my first light, are badass. It's pretty much the one reason I still work at Shields. <laughs> Monday nights. Got a boy. Nice. <laughs> Smart man. Smart yeah. man. All right, uh, Joe, you're up anyway, so. I'm up. You're up. All right. Well, it's getting tougher and tougher to find stuff we haven't talked about, but I think there's you, one. You're the man of the game. Sure. So. On X, man. No one's talked about it. You go to Montana, Wyoming, Nebraska, True. Kansas. You better have that in your pocket or you're going to be uh, somewhere you're not supposed to be. And now, you sure. can have it in your, now you can have it in your truck. Well, not yet. I don't have the Apple stuff. I'm still waiting for the Android. No, that's true. Joe, you gotta get with the times. Yeah, I know. I'm working on it. <laughs> no, just kidding. Well, Joe, like uh, for you, Joe. Get an Apple iPhone. <laughs> oh, she's got an Apple laptop, and I can't use that thing to save my life. Oh, I'm, I'm with you on. I'm with you on that one because uh, college gave us a HP laptop, and I can't run the lace. Couldn't run the lace Mac to save my life. It was like I don't know if you guys around the same age I am. I was born in the late 80s, but I grew up, everything was PC. You learned everything on PC. And all of a sudden, like 10, 15 years ago, everyone goes to Apple. And it was like, I just felt like I was left in the Stone Age, you know, so I can fire with Flint and, <laughs> and rock. I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in late 90s, so I just got a laptop. Yeah, it's like, I grew up, everything was PC, like, you know, super easy interface, you know, and like now it's like, no, a three finger swipe. Pull it, pull it down, <laughs> expand. Face ID. Uh, yeah, face ID. You know, it's like, oh, it's in the cloud. It's lost in the cloud. Thanks. <laughs> all right, Joe, you shouldn't forget your dogs this time. No, I got to take all three of them. I got to take, I got a, I got one that just turned 11 today. That's Sage. And I got my, uh, my yellow missile there, Rio. He's, uh, he's six. He'll be six next month. And then Hazel, she's, uh, should be two next month and uh if i'm lucky it looks like paladin had a litter of puppies about a week ago so uh i might get a poodle pointer on uh june 21st nice what do your what are your other two joe uh they're all labs they're uh 
don't laugh now they're pointing genetics so they're only uh they weigh, weigh about 60 pounds and they got shorter lighter coats and they cover a little more ground than a big heavy waterfall dog joe did oh, you say where you're getting your poodle pointer from uh paladins gun dogs out of welcome minnesota oh nice Pointers are uh, really popular, it seems like. It's supposed to be the good crossover dog, so I'd like to be able to walk up to something and shoot it and not have to put as many miles on my feet now that I'm almost 52. So if the dog <laughs> if the dog can go do the looking instead of me walking, you know, all over the fields following labs around, that'd be a lot better deal. What's that? You're going long coat, short coat on that pool pointer? I uh, specified a slick coat. Yeah, I'm not into the maintenance of cockleburs and whatever else gets tangled up in there. Ticks mm -hmm. and... and Joe, you're a Nodakian yeah. as well? I grew up in North Dakota. I live in northwestern Minnesota right now. In Thief River Falls, about an hour from Grand Forks. But yeah, I get to Montana, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Nebraska might touch out iowa this year too i've been reading a little bit down there so try and get there's around no, there's no birds here in iowa don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> well this guy lives right on the iowa border so that might be my in there so i said i heard i heard there's only birds in northwest so that's where everybody's going nah it's southeast <laughs> <laughs> and i think the other uh the other gear i can't leave the the house with or the truck with is is uh i'll just say my pike gear i don't think anybody's got any better pants for the upland than what he does in the in the tongas and the kiowa and then his uh wingman vest i'm on what year three or four with that but i did pick up a final rise uh last year to use when it was hotter out out in montana that works pretty good nice and light cool so Joe, you brought up Onyx. Um, Do you guys ever find yourselves hunting spots and you're like, if I didn't ha have Onyx, how would I ever know I could access this spot? Plots, you know, Montana, I do, and North Dakota. It's And the big thing is the, the state school trust land. Yep. Because there's no sign. Fed land, yeah. Yeah. Even in South Dakota, you, you can find school land and people don't, they don't know about it. You know, a lot of them don't know about that school land. I've hunt, I hunted more spots this this last season past season past for sharp tail where it was like you know just prairie you know with wheat, even like wheat fields out there and some of it was farmed and it was just fed land and i mean you, don't, you almost feel like you're doing something wrong going out there but it's it's open to the public but you would never know if you didn't have that that app you would just never know that you could go out there and hunt it yeah right have you guys ever heard of scout and hunt i have no, no. you have joe yeah, I listened to a podcast. Wasn't that a lady that developed that one? Yeah, her name's Ann Jander, or Jandernaw, I think. She's from Wisconsin. She was like a forestry service person. Um, oh, yeah. And she's kind just of seemed... like, she's a rough grouse guru, pretty much. And uh, yeah. so she developed an app that kind of, um, it's, I, I, had, I have it. I just haven't like dove into it yet. Um, so I'm hoping to do quite a bit more rough grouse hunting this year. Uh, but she expanded it to cover like North Dakota or it's every state pretty much so that she keeps track of like, like, um, pheasant habitat stuff on there too now. So she kind of expanded it. It's definitely a good listen. She's, 
Uh, she's been on the Birdshot podcast a couple of times, and then that um, Gun Dog It Yourself, yeah, a couple of times too. And Alex, she is very smart. Is that the one where like she does uh, she does like forestry cuts and that stuff too, like forestry cut layers and that? Yeah, yep. yeah. So like the rough grouse, they like like their main habitat is usually like a five to fifteen year old cut of aspens, and then so she'll. Which she has all these cuts labeled um, in every state, whether you're going for roughies or not. But and then, yeah, you just kind of. She's got a couple of shorter videos, like what to typically look for or whatever. But I, I just got it a couple of days ago, and I've been picking around at it, and it's definitely. It's got a lot of the same stuff on access for sure, but we'll see if it's. I want to at least try it for one year, see if it. For help, so I might go try Wisconsin or Michigan, maybe. Yeah, so. I know my I know my buddy who guides up in the UP for grouse. He has like that. This is that layer. I think on X has a layer, right? It shows you like when it was last cut or whatever, and then yep. like, the cycle that it's in for the cut. I mean, yeah, dude, yeah. That, that layer stuff, dude. Like for e scouting in the off season, like it's. I mean, especially even like out here to see what a crop was planted in last year. You know, it may not be the same thing this year, but just to be able to have that overlay, or even to be able to see which which. I hate giving out too many secrets out here, but <clears throat> I like block management, right? You can go on there and see which block management is enrolled in the Upland, you know, enhancement program. And then yeah, cross-reference yeah. that then cross-reference that with what kind of upland enhancement it is, whether it's nesting, feed, or winter cover. And dude, you I mean your scouting's done for you right there if you go through there and just, you know, pick your way through it. Um not in Montana, but other states you could do that. Say <clears throat> so if anybody needs uh if anybody feeds a nook shook dog food. Joe's your guy. If you live in Northwest <laughs> Minnesota or Northeast North Dakota, if yeah, he has place another. Nice. Everybody's going to a Nick Shook. I heard good things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm ordering a pallet of it. I got enough buddies that want to try it, and you save quite a bit just going pallet yeah. on it. Is so. it easier to? Is it easier to get now? Like I know, like a year ago, it was kind of hard to get it. You know, shipped down to different parts of the country. Because a couple guys yep. that I was working with were trying to, we we're going to go in on a pallet down, but we were in the southeast at the time, and to get a pallet shipped down there was like a pain in the ass. Yeah, Joe, or you said Joe? Sorry, I kind of missed that. Joe, Joe, I buy my nookshook from Joe. Uh, yeah, I get it pretty. It's pretty easy. I place an order via email. They charge my credit card, and I'll get it shipped to the local uh, hefty place by my house. It's there probably. I don't know, five to seven days. Yeah, it's coming out of it's coming out of Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah New Brunswick. Yeah. yeah how it's... far how far east can you distribute, uh, Joe? Or I guess I asked you after the, it were over, but <clears throat> how far east can you go with that? As far as getting it, <clears throat> or west? You mean how... <laughs> other direction? I think like, they're selling everywhere. Yeah, they're selling everywhere. Not to like take a sale from Joe. I don't know if he cares or not. But, yeah, they like, got you go on their website. Their... They have a list of their retailers on there. Because like when I went and got my dog, I looked on that just because I knew I was going to be going everywhere, and so I saw a couple of retailers like on my route. That's why I picked up a couple bags on there because it saved twenty the bucks. Retailers, the retailers will sell you a pallet at a time too. Alex? No, no, you mm, have to. No. It's it's a to... lot cheaper to order a pallet. Like you save like probably ten bucks a bag. Mm-hmm. Um, if you order a, maybe more than that, if you order a pallet. On, Chew- on Chewy, it's, uh, I just looked at it the other day. I was talking to some guy. Um, I think 760 Joe, something or 
Yeah, sixty dollars, I think, for twenty six sixteen, and I think like the marine and the thirty two thirty two is like eighty to ninety dollars on Chewy. Yeah, but they yeah. said Chewy is the most expensive option yeah. to go buy it from. Yeah, I just got the Sorry. price list, and it's if you order a pallet of like just straight twenty six sixteen, it's thirty nine bucks a bag. That's not bad, and it's like what they're like they're not fifty pound bags, all right? They're like they're thirty three. Yeah, 33, but they're a lot higher calorie content, so you're feeding less. You're actually yeah. feeding a lot less. Yeah. yeah. So your days last a long time. Yeah, I've and I've been super happy with it. Like, I'm going to probably, if I order a pallet, I'm probably just going to run the marine stuff because you save so much doing it. And it's same price I'm paying for the, the standard stuff, but it's... I'll vouch, uh, for the, I'll vouch for the marine. The marine's pretty dang good. Joe put me yeah, down that. Yeah. Me too. It's really good for their coats and their joints and stuff. It seems to be uh, way better than the regular. I just got, I picked up on a super screaming deal, the Victor high performance, whatever it is. And my dogs have been, the stools have looked good and they've been having good energy on it. But I got out of a deal because someone was getting rid of it. So I'm not going to get at that price point again. That's kind of like where I'm looking at it. It's like, you know, I'm feeding this many dogs. So where can I get, a, you know, the right value? But initially, everyone says you feed so much or less. And everyone that I know who has, like, a decent-sized kennel is going to that because they can feed less. Yeah. And, you know, more calories per, you know, per bit or whatever. Yeah. I see, yeah Eric, my I, mean, do- sorry. I say I, met, I ran into a problem with, like, my oldest, uh, my oldest Georgia rig. Uh, I can't get them to eat when we're out hunting. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. like, if we go for, like, a weekend trip Friday to Sunday, um, he might eat Saturday night one meal, one might be two cups. That'd be the whole whole meal. But like at yeah. middle of the season, um, he was I don't even know what his weight was, but you could see all his ribs, you could see part of his spine, uh, you could see yeah. his hip bones. And I switched to 3232 and that like instantly like put weight on them and like no that's why i pivoted from perino that's yeah that's exactly why i pivoted from perino because my one short hair duke is eight and last year during the guys he's like a refugee i mean like to the point i was concerned i thought maybe he had some you know some kind of you know intestinal thing going on i didn't know but it was just he was getting run down you know doing hunts every day getting older in age and then you know not to badmouth perino but they changed the formula and it just hasn't been the same since if i'm gonna pay eighty dollars a bag i want you know i want some more for eighty dollars a bag than what i was getting from them my problem was I was running into bad stools with rigs. Hundred percent. It was yeah. like diarrhea. It was diarrhea. And what Perino you're talking about? Per, yeah, because I was pre- yeah. feeding pro plan before I went to Anookshuk. Same thing. Yep. Same thing. I was running into exactly. And that's why thing. I switched to Anookshuk because when I was at Pheasant Fest, I talked to the guys about. I was like, well, they're like the biggest thing you'll notice is the stools, and yeah, I've never, and I've been feeding it for over a year now, and I don't think Riggs has ever had diarrhea or cash. I don't think yep. cash that diary either. So <clears throat> nice, Eric. I was going to ask you. Said you're a waterfowler. You uh, you a big caller? A big what? You like to call? Yeah. Yeah. What are you running for calls? I just I'm kind of like you. I like to go the cheap way, so I don't I don't buy those hundred fifty dollars zincs. So I have just a thirty dollar field proven Raptor. So nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I love to call, dude. I got I. My fiance, when I said that, she picked her head up because she was getting ready to thought I was gonna reach for my calls. But I love to call, dude. So anytime I run into a waterfowl, I'm always like, "What are you running?" I I run a Lairs, which is like it was handed down to me, but a yeah. California-based call company. But yeah, I love I love calling, dude. It's like my favorite part of duck hunting is you get to interact with the with the animals. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. 
Do you have a little call off here or a rip off? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find him. Joe, you got any more wise words for us? Dude. Ah, no, about the only other uh, thing I won't leave the leave a trip with is, is a Benelli of a certain caliber. I shoot them all. So 28, 20, 12. Depends where I'm going and what I'm doing. Okay, the original Super Black Eagle, Joe? I am running Ethos Sports right now. Nice. Ooh, that's a nice one. I might Joe. be upgrading, trading in and getting some uh, Cordobas with the best treatment on them so I get a barrel that doesn't uh, turn orange if it gets damp. <laughs> I, th- I think if I, had to, if I had to rank the best shotguns ever made, I think number one might be the Super Black Eagle, the original one. My buddy had one of those things for 20 years. He never cleaned it, and it would just cycle no matter what. He, he was terrible. He'd throw it. He'd drop it in the mud, had a choke tube rusted in it, and that thing would just cycle, dude. Yeah, mine were pretty terrible when I cleaned them uh, after season was over. I was almost embarrassed. <laughs> uh, I got a qu- I don't know if you're heading out. I got a quick question about the, the Nook show. Do you, like, do you run the 32-32 all year or just during season then? I just supplement the 32-32. When I get about in August, I'll switch over to 3025. So they get a month of it in their system before we start hunting. Okay. But I'll feed so, them feed them 3225 and then I'll I'll give them snacks of the 3232. Or you know, if my mail starts running a lot, I'll maybe give them a cup of 3232 and a cup of the 3025. So you don't ever do the 2616 stuff? That's the what 16. they're on right now. Okay, that's what I was wondering. If you run that like during the winter months and then do the so you kind of run through yeah. all three of them then? Yeah, same, I ended up getting that. I, I think I have every flavor that they make sitting in my garage right now. <laughs> yeah. As I run 26-16 too and then switch to 30-25 once like August comes around. But like I'll definitely be going back to 32-32 with the one dog just because he's finicky when he eats. So yeah. how, many, you, how, many cups are you, how many cups are you doing with that? Out of curiosity, vague. I mean, I know it's like a rough night. Everyone measures it like two cups, two cups, two cups. No, a day. See, that's no. yeah. But like, yeah, I thought right now, like a Carino is cup and a half. So yeah, pretty yeah. I was doing four and thinking I needed, I needed to give them more because, like, my one female, she, I mean, she's all over the place. She ranges out four or five hundred yards, and to keep away on her with Perino was impossible. I mean, I would feed her four cups. She'd eat four cups. I give her six. She wouldn't finish six, and she looked exactly the same. You know, it was like, all right, Joe, I got one question for you. I said, you're on the podcast not too long ago, but you're going to Pheasant Fest for the Bird Dog Trauma Clinic. Oh, yeah. We talked talked a little bit about the Bird Dog, like your trauma kit. What's one thing that we should use or have in a trauma kit after taking that class? Well, the one thing that, uh, I have now that I didn't have before was a, a decompression needle. So if they get a, like a, what they call it a, a pneumothorax or pneumothorax, if they collapse a lung or something and they start breathing really rapid and they can't get their breath, like if they have an impact or a fall or something and they damage their side, they showed us how to uh, find the point in their rib cage and then how to insert the little catheter and and uh, so it'll reinflate their lungs. Um, otherwise, there wasn't a whole lot of earth shattering stuff there. Do you carry what, like, uh, somebody mentioned 
a couple of weeks ago about like a hemostatic gauze pad. Yeah, they got some combat ones, and then uh, what was the other one? Quick, quick clot gauze. I saw Anthony Farrell; he had that one day. Then you don't yeah. have to use that powder. Yeah, yeah. The I like the gauze. I carry some of the gauze with me. Just, dude, I like I'm I, as simple as I can make it. Pick the powder. I feel like I'd spill it everywhere. It'd be all over my fucking face and hands. And like, the gauze, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of pretty easy. Just like shove it in there. Like, dude, I try to get everything idiot proof. I'm about as clumsy as they come. <laughs> yeah the biggest thing you learned there was probably packing wounds how to you know pack them full of packing and then wrap them tight so they you know if they got a big puncture and a big bleed so you can get it the bleed stopped and get them back to the truck it was you pretty cool ever... with that live Joe, mannequin. Ever... they had a wet mannequin there that actually bled and they could change the respiration rate on it if you ever get a chance to do it i'd definitely do it i don't know for you guys would you guys ever do the uh the rattlesnake vaccine or do anything with that as far as I've done some snake avoidance with like snakes that I've killed and I got one of my dogs the vaccine but then in the southeast they said the vaccine doesn't even work against eastern diamondbacks so then I kind of went away from it and then some people kind of trashed it so I'm always trying to get you know so we don't have on that I guess I don't run into I I avoid places that have to deal with rattlers so uh Hmm. so like when we're going to Montana a place I call we call the vet and he's like, yeah, no, I, you're going to deal with porcupines and barbed wire out here. So yeah. See, that's and what then, I thought. I had never seen a snake in Montana until last summer. I had a rattle, about a four foot rattler in the backyard. I was hmm. like, oh, like, maybe I, maybe I should, but then Southeast you think about it all the time. Cause you got not just a rattler, but the moccasin, but uh, yeah, I was just yeah, curious, what, Joe. That's why I live where it's that. cold. Now all three of my dogs are vaccinated and, the biggest reason is I come within five yards of one, and so did they in, in Fort Pier. That'd be three years ago. So yeah. I'm I'm on the better safe than sorry campaign. I mean, shoot, right? For like They're 20, cheap. 30 bucks for the vaccination. Who cares? 15 bucks, right? Yeah, one it's time. like 13 or $15 a year to get them a shot. It's like, whatever. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the first part of our first ever live Zoom Room Beer 30. I hope you enjoyed it, and don't forget to come back for part two coming soon. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Upland Nomads Podcast. And if you want to see the full unedited video version of the whole Beer 30, go ahead and check out our Patreon page at the Upland Nomads Podcast. You also get entered for a chance to win a Sharptail Hunt giveaway. Thanks, and I'll see you next time. (laughs) 